Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and with me today is Alex Castro. Alex is the co-founder and CEO of MCorp and is an aligner of execution to strategy for digital transformation and innovation, best-selling author and the creator of the RemScore. Alex believes that the gap between ideas, that is strategy, and execution is a persistent problem that is sign-lighting too many high-potential digital transformations and innovation growth opportunities. Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, Alex Castro. Thank you, sir. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Well, first off, Alex, why do you do what you do? Well, I, you know, having been in the professional services consulting space for 20 years, uh, we see customers that have so much potential and and so much opportunity in front of them um, that it really is just awful when we see people investing themselves into technology and or into innovation within the business, looking for that real springboard of growth, only to find that uh, they're either hamstrung by resources or that uh, that opportunity watersheds away because execution didn't align or didn't match up to uh, the potential that was in front of them. So how is it that companies can better distribute their resources to be more forward-facing and deliver on that growth? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, every time, you know, what I would offer to the listener is consider that every time that you invest in tech, you're taking on debt. Uh, you're taking on a technical, what's called a technical debt. And that technical debt, I would offer to the listener to consider like, it's like a student loan, right? And so what happens if 80% of your disposable income as a, as an individual is focused on servicing a student loan for the next five, seven years? Think of the things that you are limited from, right? I can't buy a home or I can't go on vacation or I... I can't uh, get that car I need to get to work and, you know, all of those limiting factors. And those are the same things that impact small to medium businesses is the fact that those investments, those deep investments in tech and buying software services, doing projects with a 20% result of success by industry average and in the sense of all of the studies that have happened in the last 25, 30 years, like the needle doesn't move (laughs) off that point. Half of technology efforts are either abandoned or fail outright, right? The amount of loss opportunity there is brutal. And, and so our focus as a company, you know, uh, we believe that your potential is our purpose is that we really want to see more ideas coming to market and allowing companies to really stretch their legs through the results technology produces, not necessarily the ownership and continuous maintenance of technology. And so um, that's that's deeply what we focus on. So execution is a big part of that. And RemScore, the tool that we developed to help uh, really measure execution readiness is that thing that removes the blind spots. So there, there's a lot of cascading things in there, but I uh, don't want to overwhelm the time. Yeah. No, talk, talk a little bit more about the, the phrase you just used, execution readiness. I find that to mm-hmm. be fascinating. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So what we have found over the years and, you know, 20 years we've been in business is that, um, and, you know, we've done work globally um, in in industries like banking, finance, manufacturing, uh, natural resources, public sector. uh, And um, what we consistently find is that the ambition of a client 
doesn't always match their capacity to execute the idea. There is a significant gap in that. And that gap is what triggers those frustrating issues around schedule delays, cost increases, changes to the scope of an, of an effort. Um, and what we have found through a lot of research and development is that these cognitive biases that we use to make decisions around when are we ready, are our capabilities really there, um, tend to steer us incorrectly 70% uh, of the time. And when you strip out that cognitive bias from your assessment of, okay, we've got this great opportunity, great idea. Now we have to go to the doing, like the actual implementation of tech and the rollout of, of this, this transformational effort within the business. What tends to happen when you don't understand your readiness is all these blind spots come out, right? So uh, the manager in charge of this wasn't a good leader. Uh, the vision is not clear. The business unit that you're depending on is at 110% capacity. It has no time to participate in the effort. Uh, there isn't uh, a clear understanding whether this is critical for the business. Does the business unit know how its rules work? Do they know their workflows or do they simply act out the things that are established? Like, so there's a lot of these factors and we've assimilated, uh, assimilated 14 of them that help determine that readiness. And rather than that type of assessment that typically manually takes three weeks to three months and can cost you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the scale of what you want to do, we do, you know, our tool does that in about two to five days using, you know, machine learning models and swarm intelligence to really harvest that information from participants and creates a scored result that then allows you to understand where are my blind spots, how do I correct them? And then by doing that, we find that customers uh, actually accelerate implementation uh, and can almost reduce their implementation time by half and cost by a third. So it has a direct net impact. Um, so that's the... And I think the studies that you were referring to is it the Standish Group and their project Chaos, right? Where they they talk about like it, it nearly half. And and what I I remember seem to remember, and this may have been from a couple of years ago, where they said that the number one reason for failure that is reported is that leadership was not fully committed to the the project or the engagement, which is which they say is underreported. Because who do you think is filling out the dang survey most of the time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, you know, there's all those arguable points. And, um, you know, here's, here's the, 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 the net of it is that Standish obviously does some stuff and they do very good work. Um, BCG, Deloitte, Accenture, uh, McKinsey, Bain, mm -hmm. uh, everybody who in essence participates in, in the rollout of strategic initiatives has been measuring the effectiveness of execution strategy uh, for the last 30 years. And there's, you know, you can't, you can't go to a, a, a book website or some audible thing without running into a book that talks about where is the gap in execution from strategy to execution. It's a known quantified problem and the needle is not moving. Every year somebody conducts a mm -hmm. new study saying, oh, well, now that we're using tool X or, or process Y, it's going to get better. And here's the bottom line. 20% of projects actually fulfill their intended results. On time, on budget. Yep. On time, on budget, scope, all that kind of good stuff. 
30% of projects deliver 60% of the initial intended value, but with an increase in time and scope. Half of all projects, again, are either abandoned or fail outright. And what I would offer to the listener right now, especially those smaller business and medium business uh, leaders, if you were a bank and 50% of your loan portfolio defaulted, how would you be feeling right now? Because I'll tell you, during the financial crisis, we hit about 19, 20% default rate in the United States, and everybody thought we were falling off a cliff. Mm -hmm. And so in today's world of leader-driven decisions, data-driven decisions, are we really making the right decisions in timing and viability of some of these strategic initiatives that ultimately translate into some digital transformation work? And more importantly, is your business aligned to do that? And more often than not, 80% of 25, 25 years of data tells us 80% of the time we are not. And that is just a shame because I know there are people listening to this right now who've got some cracker ideas on how to move their business or change an industry. And it's the inability to realize that execution that is limiting that gauntlet that is limiting their ability to realize that vision. And I just, I, you know, I, so going to your original question, why do I do what do I do? Because there's a lot of great ideas out there and that I would love to see come to life. And unfortunately, it's the misunderstanding of how well, how prepared are we to do that work that is limiting that capacity. And it's sucking up funds, it's draining resources. But more importantly, you know, there's a, a philosophy in the market that has taken hold um, that's this sort of fail fast model. And, you know, things like that, uh, you know, demoralize workforces. And if, because we're built to win, you know, we're taught to win from, from childhood. And if we're not seeing projects go through and things coming to fruition and seeing the fruit of our labor, people attrition out. And this is, this is one of the core reasons I believe you're start you see a lot of transients within retention in companies is that they come in, they have a lot of ambition, they have a lot of energy, they want to see, they want to be part of something bigger and you labor, 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 nothing, 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 fail, 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 or you're just having it canceled, pulled out from underneath you. A year and a half later, there's marginal movement and people tend to check out and then move on. Um, so there's a lot of ripple uh, in the context. Yeah. Alex, we have an exit question that we ask all of our guests, and that is, who is a hero of yours and why are they a hero? Um, you know, it, uh, I, I have two heroes. I have, uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt and Hemingway. And, you know, as I think there's a lot of guys that have those same answers for some reason. Um, but Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, gave a speech about the man in the arena and, um, you know, for the listener, I would offer you just to go take a peek at it and just Google it. Um, it really tells a lot about the fact that, you know, it's, it's easy to stand it's sit in the grandstand and criticize, but when you're, when you're in the arena and, and you, you've got the sweat and the, and the dirt and the sand and, and sometimes the blood on you, you know, it's, uh, those are the only people who really have any right to criticize. And, um, and Hemingway, I think because, you know, he represents to me somebody who lived life on his terms and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, for whatever path he chose, he chose that path and he lived it to the most. So. And lastly, Alex, how can somebody contact you? 
Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, if you Google Alex Castro M Corp, um, it's pretty uh, easy to find me or www.the-mcorp.com. Uh, and uh, it's pretty easy to get in touch with me. So it's, uh, it's not hard. All right. Alex Castro, co-founder and CEO of M Corp. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for Sage Thought Leadership Podcast.